Uh, if you would like to turn to God's Word for just a few moments, uh, to John chapter 20. Uh, if you want to use one of the Red Pew Bibles, it's page 1089. And, and just for a few moments, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, in a sense, preach a sermon, but I just want to look at the four things that the risen Jesus said to his disciples on the evening of Resurrection Day. I don't know if I was to ask you, what are the four things that Jesus said on the night of his resurrection to his disciples, whether you would know what those were? And these are four things that still apply to us. We obviously tend to focus on the dramatic events of Easter Sunday morning, and rightly so, but what happened later on that day? Well, look at the first half of verse 19, John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And so what we find is the disciples are locked down in a room on that first Easter night. And they're frightened. The Jewish leaders had killed their master. And so they probably thought it was only a matter of time until they were found and they were forced to face a similar fate. Now, of course, they had heard from Peter and John that the, that the tomb where Jesus had been led to rest, that that tomb was empty. They had also heard Mary Magdalene claim to not only have seen Jesus, but to have spoken to him. And, and so obviously, their levels of fear and confusion must have been heightened as they were locked down in that room on that Easter Sunday night. And what happens next can't at one level have helped. Because the second half of the verse of 19 reads, Jesus came and stood among them and said. And so it seems that, that out of nowhere, there was no knock at the door, no visible or obvious entrance. Jesus literally appears before their very eyes and speaks. Physical barriers such as walls and locked doors no, hin no longer hinder Jesus. But, but just in case we think, was this some kind of ghost-like appearance? Look at verse 20, what it says. He showed them his hands and his side. This really was Jesus. And the body that he had still bore the scars and the wounds of Good Friday. This was not an apparition. This was Jesus. If they were frightened a moment ago, surely this materialized Jesus who was now standing in front of them, the master that they remember, many of them had either denied or had forsaken in his darkest hour. Many had ran away from Jesus, left him as he was crucified. Surely now their, their levels of fear as Jesus has appeared in their midst and begins to speak to them. Surely those whose fear levels are heightened. And so the first words of Jesus, his opening words to his disciples must have meant the world. They maybe thought they were going to be chastised, told off, rebuked. But what does the risen Jesus, the first thing he says to them, peace be with you. 
into their fear, into their turmoil, into their confusion, into their dread, Jesus speaks peace. And therefore, it's no wonder, look at the end of verse 20, that it says the disciples' fear gave way to intense joy. But then Jesus speaks again, and he says four things. One of them is a repeat. But he says four things that he he needs his initial disciples to hear, and I believe he needs every one of us to hear. From day one of this brand new dawn, Here's the four things he wants his disciples to take and believe and live. And four things for us to take away tonight and believe and live. Verse 21 to 23. Again, Jesus said, so he repeats the first thing. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins... Their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Can I, can I invite you to take a moment to just read those three verses over for yourself? Put yourself in those first disciples' shoes. It's the first thing the risen Jesus has said to them. Four things. How do you hear them tonight on this Easter Sunday evening? Peace be with you. Twice in the space of a few moments, this is what Jesus says to them. Not that long ago, pre-death, pre-resurrection, Jesus had said this to his disciples back in John chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give, as, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, Jesus wants his disciples to know peace. He wants his disciples to be at peace. And for some of us here this evening, that in itself may come as a breath of fresh air on Easter Sunday evening. Peace be with you. Are you afraid of something tonight? Are you afraid of something you're heading into this week? Jesus says, peace be with you. Are you anxious about something tonight? Worried? Is your heart heavy? First words of the risen Jesus to his disciples, peace be with you. Are you feeling battered? Battered by a particular issue, a particular storm? And the risen Jesus says, peace be with you. Are you wrestling with temptation tonight? Guilt? Jesus says, peace be with you. And it's not some worldly kind of version of apparent peace. This is heavenly peace. This is true peace. This is peace in circumstances. This is peace despite circumstances. And if you sense a need to embrace that on this Easter evening, as the disciples did on the very first Easter evening, they needed to hear these words from their master. It's the first thing he said to them. If you need to embrace those words, Do that afresh tonight. Peace be with you. But there's a second word. And it's a different word. It's it's, it's a word of mission. It's a word of commission given given to those who had experienced this peace. As the Father has sent me, 
I am sending you again. These are familiar words. Back in John 17, you know that great prayer of Jesus to his father for his disciples? Do you remember what he prayed for his disciples? He said, Father, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Over 40 times in John's gospel, we, we read of Jesus being sent or sending. And here in this locked room, Jesus speaks it to his disciples because now is the time. Now it is over them to carry on the mission of Jesus in the world. Yes, the Father had sent him, but now, here and now, he is sending them. Not to a new mission, but he's sending them to carry on his mission. Jesus says, I want you to replicate what I have done. The Father sent me. But soon he's going to return to be with the Father. And so he sends his disciples. The mission of Jesus is the ongoing activity of the disciples of Jesus. It's the activity of the church. It's what we're now here to do. It's our purpose to carry on the mission of Jesus. Great quote from Paul Beasley Murray says this, The church does not send out missionaries. For the church, by definition, is a missionary body, composed entirely of missionaries. A missionary congregation may send out someone's special assignment, but it can never delegate mission to others. All of us, for followers of Jesus, have been sent by him. We are a missionary congregation. And Jesus will say more about this in subsequent days before he returns to his Father. But I want us to hear this afresh tonight on this Easter Sunday evening because this was one of the first things that Jesus said to his disciples. The risen Jesus said to his disciples when he appeared in their midst. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And if you've lost sight of that fact or you've lost heart in that idea, then please hear it once more. Hear it loud and clear. This is your purpose. This is my purpose. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then there was a third thing he said to his disciples in that, those verses. Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the disciples are not commissioned and neither are we to go and carry out the mission of Jesus by ourselves and in our own strength. Jesus breathes on them and gives them his spirit to indwell and to help them. They were to receive the same spirit that had raised him from the dead to empower them to be his witnesses. Now, I, I, I realize, and some are probably there and they're thinking, there's a chronological query raised here, isn't there? Did the disciples receive the Holy Spirit at this point on Easter Sunday evening, or did the disciples receive the Holy Spirit 40 days later at Pentecost? Discuss. But, but honestly, it, it, for some people, there is an issue here. But you know, for me, the timing isn't the issue. In fact, in some ways, the timing doesn't really matter. But what does matter is that it really happened. So if this was a heads up about what was imminent in six weeks, then that, that's okay. 
If this was a preamble, if, if this was a taster event before the main reception, then that's okay. The point is the disciples of the risen Jesus have received the Holy Spirit. That is the point. And they have done so forever since. And so the minute someone puts their trust in Jesus, when we give our lives to him, believe in him, we hear those words of Jesus now, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell us the moment we surrender our lives to Jesus. And we become, as Jesus will go on to confirm, we will become his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you are a Christian here tonight, you have received the Holy Spirit. That's the clear teaching of Scripture. You, you, of course, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can get out of step with the Holy Spirit. But you have received him. Because Jesus has said it. And again, if you've forgotten that or somehow lost sight of that, or think you're on your own in this mission, hear that third word of Jesus afresh to his disciples on the first Easter Sunday evening. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then the final word, and this is maybe the most confusing. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. What do you think Jesus meant by that? And I know various people have taken these words of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday evening and kind of taken them out of context. And when you know that only God and God alone can forgive sins. But based on this context, based on what Jesus has just said, we need to understand this fourth saying of Jesus in light of the mission of Jesus and our commission to carry it on. You see, Jesus proclaimed the message of the kingdom in word and, do, and deed. And that is what he sends us to keep doing. Empowered by his spirit, he sends us out into the world to speak the message of the kingdom in word and in deed. And how people respond to that message will determine whether or not they are forgiven. The Bible makes it clear that some will turn to Jesus and be forgiven, whereas others won't and therefore will not be forgiven. We don't withhold, we don't grant forgiveness, but we have been commissioned to share the good news of Jesus who does forgive sins. And so whether people accept or reject our forgiveness, or rather the forgiveness that we share and offer, that is their responsibility. That is their decision. That is their choice, not ours. And that, as I understand it, is what this final Jesus, of saying of Jesus communicates to his disciples. You go with the message of the kingdom that I came to declare, that I shared in word and deed. It's a message of forgiveness. Because our greatest need is for that. Because we're born in sin. We're guilty before a holy God. But I came to lay down my life so that those who would believe in me would never perish but would have everlasting life. That is the message we've got to share with this world. But as I say, whether people accept that message 
or rejected will determine whether they are forgiven or remain unforgiven in their sin. So on this Easter Sunday night, 2019, may we hear, may we personalize and accept these four important sayings of Jesus given to his initial disciples, but forever applicable to us. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit and take the message of forgiveness to others in word and in deed. And if they respond positively, they'll be forgiven. And if they don't, they won't. The risen Jesus has spoken.